Word Nerds. Hello, Word Nerds. How you doing? What's everybody doing today? It's, uh, what is today? Today is Thursday, July 27th. It is 7.05 a.m. I am in my work office. And of course, yet again, and still, if you are a $5 patron or higher, you get to see my face with the glasses and a t-shirt that nobody ever understands. Most people don't get my t-shirt. I have to lean back far for you to see it. Okay, let's talk about the words in this episode. We have, this is, we're still in the EFs, just a few more EF words. The first one is EFIC, capital E-F-I-K. It is uh, spelled exactly like it is pronounced, EFIC. Noun from 1849, one, a member of a people of southeastern Nigeria. And of course, I have never heard of this, uh, this people, this group of people. So let's put a link in the show notes for the people. It's probably like a Wikipedia link or something. Number two, we've seen this a lot. This is a pattern. The language of the Efik people is also Efik. So I guess the Efik people speak Efik, but it's not like sometimes you put like an ending onto a language to change, you know, to make it like, oh, these are the people, this is the language. But it looks like it's in this case, it's just the same. It's the same word. There is no etymology, so but I think it's pretty safe to say that it is from the Nigerian word, ethic, probably, or the ethic word, ethic. Hmm. Yep, no clue. Go check the show notes for more information on the ethic people. And uh, yeah, ethic. That looks like it's the right pronunciation. All right, I need to make a sound effect, and I will just go because that's a fun sound to make. Next is EFT, E-F-T, and it is pronounced EFT, is what the book says. Noun, from before the 12th century, the synonym is NEWT, N-E-W-T. She turned me into a newt. I got better. Especially, there's more. The terrestrial phase of a predominantly aquatic newt. So, when, okay, wait, so is this like a life stage? So, there's a newt. We have a little newt named Charlie. And this newt, this newt predominantly lives in the water. They mostly live in the water. They're like swimming around, swimming around. I'm being a newt. I'm Charlie the newt swimming in my water. Charlie the newt. But, sometimes... Charlie likes to go on land. Now, but again, is this a phase of life or is this just a part of the day? And I, it seems like it should be a phase of life because if it's just a part of the day, you're not going to call a newt when a newt when it's in the water and an eft when it's on land. So maybe like when it's younger, does a newt live on land? And then then that's when it's called an eft. I guess that's fascinating. Uh, the etymology doesn't give us much. Froom. We have EFT again, but this is all caps, so it's EFT or EFTS, still all caps, abbreviation for Electronic Funds Transfer, and then in parentheses it says System. So if it's EFTS, it's Electronic Funds Transfer System. Uh, or just the funds, the transfer is just the EFT. 
I guess. Now, this is not NFT, although it's only one letter different from NFT. And you know, things are very, things must be the same when they're only one letter apart from each other. But this book might be a little too old to have NFT in it. That's a big thing. But uh, yeah, I don't know if they were invented this long ago, because yeah, it's kind of an older book. One of these days, maybe I'll upgrade something. Okay. This word is eftsoons. Is that how you say it? These I don't know these words. Eftsoons. And it is E-F-T-S-O-O-N-S. And this is the last E-F word. It's an adverb from before the 12th century. It's archaic, and it means soon after. That's it. Soon after. Okay, well, you know, without even looking at the etymology, we can see eft soons. Soon is the last part of that, so soon after, and then eft is like after. We just, you know, lost a couple letters and changed the first letter. So eft soons soon after and how would you use this in a sentence soon soon after that thing uh f soon as i wake up i shall eat breakfast uh, soon after i wake up i shall eat breakfast is that how we would use this in context let's look at the etymology this is from um i'm i skip some of it because it's just it's just listing off things okay old english their word eft uh, which means after, I think that's pretty clear, plus sona, which means soon. It is also akin to the Old English word after, which means after. And yeah, I mean, that was pretty much pretty much it. It doesn't give any more information. Uh, it's just an old way to say soon after. I mean, how often do we really even say soon after as it is? Soon after. Soon, it's, we, we, you, we just say, we just use different words. I don't know what words. Some some other words. Okay. Next. This is E-G. This one specifically does give periods. E period, G period. It is an abbreviation for the phrase, for example. But why? Oh, well, that's because it's from Latin. Almost every time you see an abbreviation that doesn't match up the letters to the English version uh it's probably latin a lot of french too but what's the latin phrase it is exempli gratia exempli gratia so exempli is example and gratia i guess is for for example uh i don't know if that's a literal uh translation but it's close enough you know what should we just do a quick little uh quick little google translate thing here let's see what is it what is it literally i don't know let's see we want to go from latin do they have latin in here they must they must latin is such an important thing for us okay exempli gratia what does it it just means for example that's it Yep, there's no, like, other literal... That's it. Okay, I was hoping it would be something more interesting than that, but I guess not. For example, uh, you know, you, you you use this a lot. If you want to talk about a thing, e.g., if you hear somebody say e.g., then they're talking about an example, or they're about to talk about an example. Egg. 
This isn't, you don't say egg. Uh, you would say maybe edge. It's spelled E-G with a capital E, but nobody verbalizes this. This is an abbreviation for Egypt or Egyptian. Capital E, lowercase g, edge, Egypt. When are we going to see Egypt? Let's see. Oh, just uh, just a couple episodes from now. Flum. Next is Igad. Now, I would want to say Egad, I guess, but it says it's a, it's an i sound at the beginning. I, yeah, Igad. You have to emphasize the second syllable. Igad. E G A D. Uh this is I guess you could also say Igads. Yeah, Igads with an s at the end. It's an interjection. I love interjections from 1673, uh, and it just says, used as a mild oath. I've seen this phrase so many times in the dictionary, used as a mild oath, used as a mild oath. Maybe, do I not know enough about oaths? Why oath? Is there a better phrase that we could use? Uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know. We're going to learn a lot about the oath word in the O's. But, um, yeah, if I just, I don't know that phrase, mild oath. What does that mean? What does that mean? I mean, it means, I don't know, it's just a, it's just a thing you say. I guess. But the, uh, the etymology has a bit more information because it says it's probably a euphemism this makes sense. I think this makes sense. Probably a euphemism for the phrase, oh God, oh God. Uh, so, you know, there's the G-E-G-A-D, similar to oh God, G-O-D. There's no other etymology. Uh, maybe if I find some additional information, I will put it in the show notes for egad. But this is a good phrase. I think we need to bring this one back to Egad. Oh my God, Egad. Look at those flowers. Egad. Egad. Egads. I have the Egads. I don't know. Okay. Next is Egil. Is that how you say it? Or Eagle? Eagle? E. Egil. E. The, the G's and the J's. G. I think it's a G. Eagle. Yeah, I guess that's how you say it. It's uh, spelled E-G-A-L. Eagle. Sounds like the bird. Uh, Adjective from the 14th century. Now, what we can do, though, if I want to be real specific, let's go back to the word eagle and just see uh, how, what was the pronunciation for that? Uh, Let's see. Yeah, it's the same thing. It is literally the same pronunciation. So, perfect. I figured it out. I'm a smarty pants and you shut up. <laughs> okay, this is an obsolete word, if you couldn't tell, because have you ever heard of it? Eagle, E-G-A-L. It just means uh, the synonym is equal. So I wonder if it started off as eagle, and then just gradually through uh, many hundreds of years, it just became equal. It turned into that. I don't know. That's Well, when we get to the uh, etymology for equal, we'll learn some good stuff there. There's not a lot of etymology here. It really just says it's from the Latin aequalis, A-E-Q-U-A-L-I-S, aequalis. That's just equal. Equal, equal, eagle. Eagle is equal. Okay, so we have actually a few more uh, related words. Egalitarian. 
egalitarian. So yeah, this is clear. We, if you know, we, I'll tell you in a second, but you know that's related to being equal, egalitarian, and it just got shortened to eagle. But then I guess people didn't like that word, and so they just turned it into equal, maybe. Egalitarian, adjective from 1885. Asserting, promoting, or marked by egalitarianism. And that, of course, is going to be our next word. Uh, egalitarian is a noun. I guess that would that could be the person who is doing all this stuff, but I think it could be something else. Well, so yeah, egalitarian is the adjective, but also a noun. That's the word we're talking about. The etymology says, this is from the French egalité, which means equality. From, yep, the Latin, same word, equalis, which also means equal. Equal. We are all equal in my eyes. Egalitarianism. Fun, long word. Noun from 1905. Interesting that egalitarian came 20 years before that. Number one, a belief in human equality especially with respect to social, political, and economic affairs. Do you believe this? I believe this. I don't know why more people don't believe this. This seems... And also, let's throw in the animals. The animals are equal in terms of social, political, and economic affairs. I would love to have some animals on the Supreme Court and senators and representatives. That's the next level, I think of where we're going with society. Uh, Yes, belief in human equality, socially, politically, economically. Why do we have this disparity? It bothers me. I don't know if it will will ever get to a point of full equality, full egalitarianism in my lifetime, but I sure hope so because I'm going to live a long time. You You got time to fix this, people. Number two, for egalitarianism, a social philosophy advocating the removal of inequalities among people. And I assume that that we're talking about socially, politically, and economically. Economically. Um, I guess I never really thought or realized that this was like an actual movement or like a state of mind or a, um, uh, you know, people say they're like, they're Democrat, Republican, socialist, communist, fascist. Would you say I'm an egalitarianist instead of one of those other things? Um, Would socialist be most similar to this one? I would think. I don't really know a lot about the details, but for the little bit that I know, I would think so. Um, I know I probably sound like a big old dummy, and that's partly why I'm doing this, is so I can learn about more about the world and stuff. Okay. One more equal word. This is egalité. Yes, I just want to get the pronunciation correctly. Egalité. Yes, uh, this is clearly French. Um, and it is spelled E-G-A-L-I-T-E. And the E's, the first one and the last one, both have the accent that is down on the left and up on the right. Boop. Boop, boop, boop. And I don't think, no, there's no accent on the I. Egalité, noun from 1794. Social or political equality. 
Will we ever reach egalité? I hope so. Next, okay, we finished. Uh, yes, we finished the EGA words. Here we go with Egeria. This is the first EGE word. There's not a lot. Egeria uh, is spelled capital E G E R I A. Uh, I don't know if this is connected, but I'm looking at the word Nigeria at the beginning of this episode, and this is spelled very similarly, except for the first uh, letter or two. But what is it? Noun from 1621. A woman who is an advisor or a companion is an Egeria. Where does this come from? Because it's got to come from somewhere. It is from... It's a Latin word, Egeria, uh, which was, I guess this was a name, a nymph who advised the legendary Roman king Numa Pompilus. Numa Pompilus. So is this a mythological story or is this based in reality? I don't think nymphs are real. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it seems like this would be more mythological because I don't think nymphs are real. So this is maybe a story that somebody made up. But at the same time, there could have been a Roman king named Numa Pompilius. Oh, I said it wrong. There's another I in there. Pompilius. Numa Pompilius. Maybe uh, the Pompeii uh, city volcano situation was named after this Roman king something. Um, So... It's all about a woman who is advising somebody in control uh, or a companion. Could be a, It doesn't have to be an advisor. could be a companion, I guess. Egeria. Never heard of that one. <laughs> Next is Egesta. E-G... Well, sorry. I had a burp. I'm not going to cut that out. Egesta. E-G-E-S-T-A. Noun. From 1727. A gesta is adjusted material. <laughs> what is adjusted material? Well, we don't have the word adjusted, but the next word I think is gonna it's gonna fill all in fill in the blanks for us. But is there any interesting etymology? Uh, no, no. But maybe the next word will give us some better information. <laughs> Egestion. Now this is not digestion. It's E or I-gestion, E-G-E-S-T-I-O-N, noun, from 1547, so we had a gestion in 1547, and then about 180 years later, or exactly 180 years later, we had a gesta, the stuff that comes from a gestion. So what is a gestion? The act or process of discharging undigested undigested or waste material from a cell or organism oh specifically the synonym defecation mm. okay i was thinking this would be like maybe throw up like oh haven't digested it i don't want it in me so i'm going to release it from the mouth area uh but no i guess it's uh it's the other direction it's it's anything that uh, is has not been digested or doesn't want to be digested or is not going to be used in any way. It goes out the other end. For some animals, it's the same end. 
How do you know if it's defecated or throw up in an animal that only has one orifice? Okay, defecation is egestion. And so I guess, I guess egesta, egesta would be the defecation, would be the stuff that was released. Hmm. Egest, egest is a transitive verb. Oh, sorry, excuse me. I got to go egest. Don't put any effort in egesting. Adjustive is an adjective. Yeah, let's look at the etymology. What do we got here? Uh, let's see. The Latin verb egerere, or would it be egerere? I think they said egerere. Uh, that means to carry outside or discharge from the e prefix plus gerere, which means to carry. So when you put the e prefix on there, it means to carry it on the outside of the body or releasing it to the outside of the body, discharging it, not inside, outside. Let's go outside. Uh, yeah, that's egestion. I feel like I've heard of this word, but never really uh, haven't heard it enough uh, in enough context. Uh, and so now, you know, digestion is working on the stuff on the inside, and then ingestion is releasing it, releasing the unwanted stuff out into the world where it can play and be free. Next is EGF, all caps. It's the only EGF word. Abbreviation for Epidermal Growth Factor. And um, scientists probably use this. The next word is egg. This is a big word. E-G-G, egg. It's the beginning of a whole egg section, which will be mostly in the next episode. This is the first form. This is the shorter one. Oh, I guess uh, you can also pronounce it egg. Some people like to put in that long A sound. Egg or egg. I I just say egg. This is a transitive verb from the 13th century. To incite to action. Uh, And this is usually used with the word on. Egg on. I'm going to egg you on. Hopefully I'm inciting you to take some action. And those actions, I hope, would be to uh, share this podcast, subscribe to it, write and review, subscribe to my YouTube channel, join the Patreon, email me, tell people all about this podcast. That's it. That's egg on. Egg on. It, but it, I think I think it typically has a more um, mean, forceful, not, not mean or forceful, but like, I don't know. There's something about it like uh, uh, pushing, pushing, yeah, inciting. I'm going to egg you on. I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know. The etymology says this is from the Old Norse eggia which is akin to the Old English, I don't know how to say this word, E-C-G, egg, 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 that means edge, E-D-G-E, and there's more at the word edge. Uh, so, um, hmm, I wonder how that became the verb of egging, maybe maybe it's like you're pushing them to the edge. Uh, go jump off a cliff, I'm going to egg you on, go to the edge, get down the edge and jump. I don't know. That's weird. Okay. The second form of egg or egg 
This is a noun from the 14th century. Number 1A, long definition, and we have a picture. God, we got to talk about the picture. 1A, the hard-shelled reproductive body produced by a bird and especially by the common domestic chicken. Also, its contents used as food. So here is a picture of this chicken egg, bird egg. They're very similar. Uh, so, 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 so. It's, it's, we got your typical egg shape. It's like an oval, but one end is a little pointier than the other end. Number one is the shell. That's the outermost part of the thing. Number two, now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. We have number two. Oh, I didn't finish reading it. It's the outer shell membrane. So I think this is when you got a hard-boiled egg and you take off the hard shell, there's that really thin layer around the, the substance stuff. That's the outer shell membrane. You got to peel all that off. Blah, blah, blah. Gross stuff. Number three is the inner shell membrane. So maybe that's the inner shell membrane. Now, according to the picture, oh, this is specifically pointing to, again, hard-boiled egg, you take off all the stuff, the bottom side, the fatter side, has like a little pocket. And uh, it's, so this number three is pointing directly to that like little pocket area. It's like a little flatter than the actual shell. So I guess that's the inner shell membrane? Not entirely sure of the specifics on that one. Number four, th this is the airspace. So yeah, that pocket, that space in there, that's called the airspace. Let's go into airspace. Number five is the chalaza. C-H-A-L-A-Z-A. Where's this one? Okay, this is the this sort of like ropey thing that goes from the inside yoke to the more pointy end. Uh, it's called the chalaza, I guess, or chalaza? I don't know. Um, that is, I'm guessing... I'm guessing this is similar to the umbilical cord in uh, a human baby, possibly. It's a whole different system. I'm aware of that, but it seems like it would be similar. Okay, six is the albumin or white layers. And this is just all of the white substance, the whitey stuff, the clear stuff, like when you open an egg into the pan uh, or just into a bowl, all the clear stuff, that's the albumin. When it becomes hard-boiled, it becomes white and more solid. Number seven is the yolk layers. Uh, there's, whoa, this is interesting. The yolk has lots and lots of layers. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six Looks like six layers. There's a circle, and then a circle around it, and a circle around it. It almost looks like a maze. I didn't realize the yolk had all these layers to it, but that's what it is. The yolk, again, when it's hard-boiled, it's a solid yellow, mostly solid, and then when it's not hard-boiled, you put it into a bowl or a pan, it's all gooey-gooey. Number eight is the blasto disc, which looks to be kind of on the outside of the, or the, the outside edge of the yolk. Uh, and then nine is very close to that, and close to eight. This is the vitiline or vitiline membrane. So maybe that's the membrane that's on the outside of the yolk, keeping it all cozy, comfy inside. 
So I guess when it turns into a bird, the yolk is the part that turns into the bird if you let it go that long. And the membrane, that vitiline membrane or vitiline membrane is the thing that keeps it. It's like it's like the... Um, uh the, the the what's the what's this i don't it's the thing that keeps it all together and then i think it uses number five the chalaza to get get the substance get the proteins and the nutrients from the albumin uh, and that's what it uses to grow i think don't don't you feel free to correct me if i'm wrong but i might have that right you can email me if you want i don't care okay that's the egg um the let's I'll just I'll just quickly say here I do not eat the eggs anymore. Uh, I did enjoy them when I was younger, but I have chosen to not eat any animal products. Uh, I am totally fine with that. I have had a few times some fake eggs, like the Just brand, Just Foods. They have their egg. Um, it's just this you know yellow liquidy thing that you cook up. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. Only had it a couple of times, or I think I only bought the bottle once or twice. Um, Eggs are a weird thing to replace, though, if you're trying to veganize something, and I really have not done much with that. Um, I don't bake a lot. I have wanted to, you know, do some baking. I'm just not motivated. I'm too lazy, and I got other things to do. Um, but there are tons and tons of egg replacements. These days, we're seeing things like the Just Brand releasing this liquidy egg substance, uh, but, you know, people also will use, like applesauce or avocados or bananas or tons and tons of things like that and it all depends on what is what are you cooking what are you making that requires the egg and so you're going to use one of those in different contexts maybe you know one for a breakfasty thing one for a baking thing all eggs are very commonly used in lots and lots of dishes uh and so you know you you got to find the right replacement if you want to get rid of the egg clearly they do have uh some some they have nutritional value but at the same time you know you don't maybe want to eat too much of them too much uh, of anything is going to be too much so you know i think eggs of the things that i have chosen not to eat i think eggs are the the least bad from a nutritional standpoint um uh but uh but yeah also Sharon hates eggs. She's always hated eggs. And so they're they're just never going to be in our household, no matter what. Okay, let's move on. 1B. An animal reproductive body consisting of an ovum together with its nutritive and protective envelopes and having the capacity to develop into a new individual capable of independent existence. Whoa, there was a lot there. I'm not going to go over it again. But there, yeah, it's a lot, a lot of information. Uh, in the, but I gotta end on that phrase: independent existence. Something can grow into a new thing and have its own life and be free. Be free. All right. C one C. The synonym is ovum. O v u m. And of course, we'll talk more about that in the O's. Number two. Something resembling an egg. Something resembling an egg is an egg. It's just an egg, like your head. Number three. The synonyms are person and sort, as in a good egg. Person, I get, 
yes, we call sometimes sometimes call people a good egg or a bad egg. A sort, a sort, a good sort, a good egg. What context are we using the word sort in? That's interesting. Eggless is an adjective. Eggy or eggy is an adjective. There's a phrase, egg on one's face. And this is a state of embarrassment or humiliation. Oh, how many times have I had egg on my face? Uh, I was not there for this because I wasn't born yet, but supposedly my uncle literally had egg on his face because he was being nasty. He was probably a teenager. He was being nasty to his mom, my grandma, and she uh, was making breakfast and was got pissed at him and just dumped the breakfast on his head. <laughs> and I think he deserved that, probably. <laughs> um, I feel like there's so many things to talk about with eggs. I mean, we didn't even get into... You know, 1B covered that, that all that all that information covers just, you know, all the eggs. But like, you know, humans, we got eggs. Uh, the, the, there are a lot of people who were born with a uterus with uh, ovaries and have the eggs in the ovaries. And they say that the ovaries, when you're born, have all the eggs you're going to have in your whole life. And that's a crazy thing to think about. Um but uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like there should be more to say about eggs. They're, they're, they are the thing that and the sperm are the things that come together to create life. How does that happen? Where does the life come from? The thing that animates us, that gives us consciousness, that makes us think about ourselves. Oh, that's a conversation. I don't know. Eggs are crazy. Eggs, eggs be crazy. Okay. There's the third form of the word egg, which is a transitive verb from 1833. One, to cover with egg. You're gonna, you're gonna get egged. Don't, don't get egged. Don't, oh, PSA, uh, please don't egg houses or egg people or egg cars at Halloween or any other time of the year. Just 365 days, don't, don't egg people, especially people, because it could injure them. And I don't want that to happen, so please don't do that. Number two, to pelt with eggs. Yes, that is what we often think of with the verb egg, other than egg on. We have one more word. It's really a phrase in this episode. Egg and dart. I don't know this one. Egg and dart, three words, noun from circa 1864. A carved ornamental design in relief consisting of an egg-shaped figure alternating with a figure somewhat like an elongated javelin or arrowhead. What is this? An egg-shaped figure alternating with a figure kind of like a javelin or an arrowhead. I think I'm going to need to post a, well, post picture to social media and also a link in the show notes for this egg and dart thing. It's not a very clever name. I mean, it's just very specific to what it is. Egg and dart, egg and dart, egg and dart. Or is it egg and dart and egg and dart and egg and dart? What is the point of this thing? What is this? Where does this, who, what? Hmm, that's fascinating. All right, let's reread the words so we can pick a word of the episode. We had ethic, eft. EFT, EFTSUNS, EG, EDGE, 
Egad. Egal. Egalitarian. Egalitarianism. Whoa, I had another burp. Egalitarianism. Egalite. Egeria. Egesta. Egestion. EGF. Egg, 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 egg and dart. This is difficult. It's not that difficult. Uh, there were some good contenders, though. Egg and dart is a good one. Egg is a good one. Uh, there was another one. Oh, egestion. That's a good one. I think I really just have to go to egalite as the word of the episode because it's just all about equality, and that is what I want. I, I, you know, I understand. I get that. Like, okay, maybe not every. Some people have a little more, and some people. I don't know. Just in the eyes of, as we said here, society, socially, politically, economically. There is no reason that we shouldn't all be on equal grounds with everybody. And, oh, we're slowly getting there. It's just so slow. Evolution is slow. So, egalité, egalité is what I want day to day. Egalité. That's it. That's that song. I'm going to talk about another movie I watched real quick because this is, has been a bit of a long episode. Uh, I believe... I believe, am I on Across the Spider-Verse? Did I mention that? I think I think that might be the next one. Let's talk about it again if I didn't already talk about it. Oh, it's just so good and so fun. And just the weird spider, alternate spider jokes are next level insane and silly. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to give anything away. Not that it would give anything away, but like, oh, there's some crazy, crazy spider people spider animals in the universe and oh they just had so much fun with it and the visuals the animation style is like where did they how did they it's so good i i salute you filmmakers all of you from you know every single person in the credits such a good job and it's a really fun story uh really interested to see where this goes sorry little spoiler there's gonna be a third one which we're setting up here, and I'm super excited for that. You know, I, I get hung up a little bit on the idea sometimes of when, when I'm talking about fictional things. I'm like, what's the, why do we make these? Why do we talk about them? You know, sometimes movies have a very clear political or something message that pertains to the real world or something that pertains to the real world. How... Spider-Man, I mean, yes, you you could definitely connect Spider-Man and the story of Spider-Man to the real world in, in various ways. But by and large, it's a completely ridiculous fictional story. Uh, but it's so much fun. And I think that they're, they've been so smart about it. I This is not a quick discussion. Let's end this. Let's end this. If you haven't seen uh, the animated Spider-Verse movies, you gotta watch them because they are just top-notch, top-level stuff. And I can't wait to see the next one. That's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Bye-bye.